Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Well, happy Father's Day. Uh, how many dads do we got out there? Oh, congratulations. Yes, happy Father's Day. What? Yes, it's over there, and there's pins over there. Do you want to grab it? And uh, Well, I guess after the service, we can all sign it, but Russ is still in the hospital, so be praying for Russ and Susie. And we have a canvas, and Lori brought some pins that we can all sign our names just to say, there it is right there. Yeah, yeah we could pass it around during service. That's great. All right, on Father's Day, we want to give honor to all the dads. Uh, the only commandment, really, one of the only commandments in Scripture is to honor your father and mother. So it's appropriate that we do give honor to the dads, but Father's Day can be bittersweet. If you've lost your dad, it, it can be hard. If you've lost a child, it is incredibly difficult, or a spouse. So our hearts go out to you. Uh, for the losses that many have had. Know this, though. We have a heavenly Father who loves us, and we've got a loving church family. You're not alone to do life. You've got all of us here. We will rally around you if you ever have need, and that's why we're all a part of the family of God, and we talked about that on Mother's Day. Uh, my dogs woke me up today like at 3 o'clock, and I didn't get back to sleep. And so you ever get up super early and then have too much coffee and a zip fizz and you just kind of feel weird. Okay, that's how I am today. <laughs> it's just like, what day is it? Where am I? One dad is often left out on Father's Day, though, and that's our Heavenly Father. And so today uh, I wanted to go through and do you have a bulletin? Did everyone get a bulletin? Okay, there are several snapshots of really what God, our Heavenly Father, thinks about us. We all know the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, and have we considered that as children of God, he becomes really our true Father? In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 9, Do not call anyone on earth your Father, for one is your Father, who is in heaven. So when we're born again, we become part of the family of God. We become sons and daughters of God. In Romans 8, 15, it says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, and we could say, and daughters, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. I love that. Galatians 4, 6 says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit and his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. God expects a lot from dads. He wants us to show our family what he is like. Uh, for some kids that I talk to that are now adults, they reject the idea of God because they had a horrible father, a dad who didn't really reflect who God was to them. So Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger or wrath. 
Fathers need to be nurturing, Ephesians 6, 4b, but bring them up in the discipline or nurture, carrying instruction, and instruction or mild discipline of the Lord. How much more does God do that for us? You know, he does not provoke us. He doesn't bring circumstances into our life to make us angry or provoke us. He brings circumstances or allows them so that we press in and grow closer to him. Amen? John 10.10, we all know it. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. God even said this. This is really a puzzling verse when you read it, 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his own household, he is denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever. I believe that verse is there because husbands and dads should reflect the character of God to their family. Amen? Amen. They should. We should do that. Okay, God meets all our needs. God will not meet our needs. will meet all our needs if we seek him first. And we know this, Matthew 6, 33. He is the example of what earthly dads need to be like. Really, our heavenly father, the way he treats us, dads, that's how we need to treat our family. God once told me very clearly, the way you treat your wife and children is the way I'm going to treat you. And I had to really ponder that for a while. So I'm like, okay, love, mercy, grace. You know, I just, uh, it, it's, it's like, man, treat them good. We have a loving Heavenly Father who desires our good and wants to bless us. And the Bible is filled with how much he loves us. So I want to go over the kind of dad our Heavenly Father is to us. Uh, this Father's Day. Much of this is from this website, fathersloveletter.com, but I edited and added a bunch more verses to it, and they're all in your bulletin. You have it, but I just want to read through it and just have an encouraging message for Father's Day. My child, I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs of your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. You are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I am not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. For I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider, and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future always has been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore. I rejoice over you with singing, and I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart, and all my soul, and I want to show you great 
and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more than you could possibly imagine. I am your greatest encourager. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you wherever you go. I go before you and and your rear guard. My angels guard you and encamp all around you. Nothing can separate you from my love. I take your ashes and turn them into beauty. I take all of your challenges and turn them into good. You are my workmanship, and I have so much good for you. I'm not finished with you yet. I will be faithful to complete my work in you. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe every tear from your eyes, and I'll take all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is my gift of love to you. He came to demonstrate that I am for you and not against you and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. You are the apple of my eye, and I love you with an everlasting love, and I fill you with rivers of living water to refresh your spirit. You know, Acts 17, 27, isn't that neat? You know, it's just a reminder of how much God loves us, that we're children of God, that we can run to him for refuge and comfort, just like we used to as little kids run to our mom and dad. When we would fall down, Acts 17, 27 and 28 says, so that you should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets said, we are all his offspring. And Psalms 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. If you ever feel distant from God, you ever feel that way? If you feel that way, know this, it's a feeling, it's not reality. And you can't trust feelings. Our emotions go up and down, but God is with you. He is for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And every trial, every challenge you face in life, we have a heavenly father who is always with us to comfort and to help and encourage. God hears and understands Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
God really cares for you, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we know John 3, 16. God wants to refresh our spirits with living water. In Acts 3, 19, it says, therefore, repent. Do you ever have to repent several times a day? You know, you get caught up in the flesh and you say something or think something. Usually for pastors, it's more in the thoughts. You know, you think all kinds of bad things for your neighbor who just did some kind of stupid thing. You know, uh, you don't say it and you're like, oh, okay, Lord, forgive me. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. And his refreshing presence comes. We can run to the Lord several times a day. God is calling us this morning on this Father's Day to recognize that he is the greatest example of a dad mankind has ever seen. He loves us as his children. And whether you're a seasoned saint or simply seeking to know if God is real this morning, God is drawing you closer to him every day. He wants to turn our ashes to beauty, our hurt to hope, and our fear to faith. He wants us to know him, to have the knowledge of God. And Jesus, writing to the church, not unbelievers, I know we use this verse in evangelism a lot. You know, hey, Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. But it's really written to the church. And he says, man, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to sup with you and have koinonia with you and have that intimate fellowship through prayer and through you reading my word and getting to know me. And Jesus calls us just as we are. I love this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you have a lot of pressure from the world on you this morning, I want you to know Jesus said, cast your cares on me because what? I care for you. I love you. I, when you hurt, I hurt. The hurts and challenges in your life do not come from God. God doesn't tempt, nor can he be tempted. Tempt is tested, all these things. But the enemy puts those in our path, yet God will use those for the good if we let him. Amen? If we run to him in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the difficulties. I love this verse in Isaiah 43.1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. Think about that. Creator of the universe, Almighty God, honors you. Man, you know there's a party in heaven when one sinner repents? It's in those verses that are on your handout. You can read about it later. Isaiah 49, 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And God says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Man, God got a tattoo of our name on his hand. (laughs) Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. 
He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. I love that verse. God loves you this morning. We're children of God, and on this Father's Day, we have an amazing God who loves us more than you could ever know. Amen? So sometimes we need to just be still and know that he is God and he loves us through all the craziness that goes on in the world. Amen? All right. Now the Father's Day message. (laughs) All right, wives. Dads are the head of the household. The Bible's clear. They're the spiritual head, but oftentimes women don't let the men take the spiritual lead. Uh, What does the Bible say? Ephesians 5.22, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. In fact, the Bible says, wives, your body doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to your husband. But it also says what? Hey, husbands, your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your wife. And the Bible also says, subject yourself one to another as believers. Amen. The Bible also says, men, if you're not honoring your wife as a fellow heir of the grace of life, your prayers will be blocked. That God won't even listen to your prayers. So it is reciprocal that we honor one another. Amen. But there's one thing about God's economy. Don't think it's so great that God named us the head of the house. (laughs) Because in God's economy, that means something radically different than what it means in the world. You see, to be the leader or the head The Bible says this, Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be first or the leader or the head, he shall be last of all. And what what does that say? Servant of all. I want you to think about that for a minute. In God's economy, the head becomes the servant. Exactly like Jesus demonstrated to us. Servants of the house, that's us, dad. Some men just want to be served. No wonder marriages are falling apart. We need, as men, to serve those in our care. Even Jesus became the servant of all, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We need to be faithful servants. So one day Jesus will say, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. May we all be faithful servants. Amen? And by the way, we serve one another. So wives, don't think that, oh, hey, now he has to make dinner. We serve one another. We work together. It's a partnership, right? But as the head of the household that God has established, I think women could manage it much better. And by the way, the Proverbs 31 woman managed her house. She bought a field. She planted things and, and did all of this stuff. So 
anyway, know that we all must serve one another with love and humility and know that our Heavenly Father loves you more than you can comprehend this Father's Day. Amen. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love your word. I love.